You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Genesis, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. In the room, I have Rob. On Broadway. Ben. On Broadway. And Salon. (laughs) (laughs) The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is the sixth studio album by the English progressive rock band Genesis. It was released as a double album on the 18th of November, 1974, on Charisma Records. The producer was John Burns and Genesis, and the genre is progressive rock and art rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. It was only a matter of time before Genesis attempted a full-fledged concept album, and the 1974's The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway was a massive rock opera. The winding, wielding story of a Puerto Rican hustler named Rael making his way in New York City. But just because the story is rather impenetrable doesn't mean that the album is as well because it is a forceful, imaginative piece of work that showcases the original Genesis lineup at its peak. The first LP is devoted to pop-oriented rock songs, and the second being largely devoted to instrumentals. This means that it contains both Genesis' most immediate music to date and its most elliptical. Depending on the listener's taste, they may gravitate towards the first LP with its tight collection of 10 rock songs or the nightmarish landscapes of the second, where Riel descends into darkness and ultimately redemption. In every way, it's a considerable lasting achievement, and it's little wonder that Peter Gabriel had to leave the band after this record. (laughs) They had gone as far as they could, and they could not top this extraordinary album. All right, what do we think of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway that's by Genesis? In, that's an interesting take that, that you just sure read. Is. I really like how you said he had to leave. <laughs> yeah, that he had to Peter leave. Peter Gabriel had two feet out the door <laughs> by the time they called he him just, this record. He, they, they turn off the recording sign, and he goes, look, I, uh, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was funny they phrased it that way instead of just being like, Peter Gabriel left. I mean, he's he was gone. It, it's not like he was like, this is the pinnacle. We can't do any better. I'm out the door. And it seems like the other members of the band were pretty fine with that decision. They were growing apart. Yeah. You know? I thought so, too. It seemed, it seemed like everyone knew exactly the path that was going on at that point. I mean, he, he left. Both, both parties flourished. Yeah. So... No, yeah. no harm, no foul. Right. I don't know that I. Um, I was watching a documentary. Um, it may have been one of the Prague documentaries, but they were taught. Uh, Peter Gabriel was talking about how he was kind of bummed that he didn't get the same treatment that Phil Collins got. Um, That's because Phil Collins was able to take a year or so off to do his solo stuff, then come back and do Genesis. And yeah. Peter Gabriel wasn't granted that. Yeah, and I had read That's that too yeah. that they they didn't give him as much leeway, and a few of the band members were a little like 
Yeah, we probably should have given him a little bit more of a slack because, but at the same time, I think they were just young and excited to get an album out the door and it's like his head's over here and what are you going to do? That's interesting you say that because I don't actually listen, I don't know anything about Genesis. This is like the first time I've actually listened to like not Radio Genesis and I um, didn't actually know Peter Gabriel was in Genesis. Oh, wow. I literally thought it was Phil Collins' ba- Collins's band because all I know Peter Gabriel for is like Shock the Monkey and like <laughs> Shock the Monkey's like a fire song. It sounds like an Oingo Boingo song. It's dope. Yeah. Was yeah. Shock the Monkey uh, used in the Simpsons yeah. like Dirt, like a uh, say anything scene where Homer's just holding up a boombox and shot the monkeys playing. Wrong, Gabriel. But I really, like, I, that makes a lot of sense that like he felt that way because I've, like I said, I've always thought of Genesis as Phil Collins's band. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange to go back and sort of see where all these different people like sprouted from. Yeah. In the sort of prog scene, I feel like a lot of them went in and out of different prog bands too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and who are those other all those other prog <laughs> uh, bands? Yellow. Yeah. King, yeah. King Crimson's got some dudes. Oh in yeah, King out. Crimson. Like they're all yeah. rotating at this time. Yeah. Not Phil Collins. Nope. Genesis all the way, baby. He's in it to win it. Look, well, you got a paycheck. <laughs> you gotta keep getting it. Okay. It you al- know. It almost feels like a Roxy Music move. Getting rid of the the real weirdo. <laughs> Like, because yeah. <laughs> Peter Gabriel was the only one committing to whatever he was committing to, which was kind of like a silver mime <laughs> persona, and right. everyone else was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta go. Yeah, he's putting I'm on some taking outfits. my flower costume, and I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do we think of the music? The music is fucking dope. I think, like, as far as, like, musically, like, this record is real fucking good it's yeah. the lyrics that kill me yeah and the delivery I, of the lyrics fucking yeah. kill me i agree but i also i also feel like the first part of the album is so cool i like listened to it and i was like wow this is what genesis sounds like i was like so down to clown on it and i love it but i like prog rock i like mike oldfield and to me this is this actually sounds so similar to what mike oldfield will become in i know i talked about this a couple times ago with with uh uh, Tubular Bells, but this is what Mike Oldfield kind of comes into around like 1980, 1981. And I was really into it, but then you get into like the middle of it and it all blended together oh, for it's me. A yeah, it was so hard. <laughs> it I was just becomes like, oh, a my. bit of a chore. About yeah. Yeah, I had read um, somewhere around they, side three. They said we yes. had three good sides, but yeah. you, it's got to be a double what, then. Dude, side two, disc one, side two. I like every song on that side. Yeah, that's a good side. From uh, starts with uh, "Back in New York City" to "Hairless Heart." Oh yeah, I did uh, like "Back in New York City." That song ruled. Counting out time, like I, I, I'm gonna make fun of it because it's goofy, but it's yeah. also catchy. It gets stuck in my head. Yeah. Then uh, "Carpet Crawlers" I thought was really cool. Yeah. And uh, "Chamber of Thirty Two Doors" was 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 fine with me. Yeah. Lily White Lil is good too, but I mean. You get I, I as you get into like the last part of it, like Rob Rob said it kind of appropriately earlier this week. I was like into it, like the last part of it, so I was like, it's dying down. I really like it. Come and like the lights die down on Broadway. Like I'm a fucking slut for when they come back with like the thing. they're like they're like the lights die 
down when they I don't know what it's called musically when they like revisit what they've done. It's a recall. Yeah. It's, when they do a, a recall, I love that shit. Mike Oldfield does it. I'm like, yeah, okay, you did this earlier, but you're doing it again. I love it because it's a book ending. And then hey, I was remember like, track one? And yeah. then I'm like, it's over. <laughs> Finally. I know it was like two days ago when you listened to it, but remember? Oh, God. Yeah, man. Uh, Like, truth be told, we took like three weeks off, and this has been one of the only ones that we've been having to listen to. I just, I, I, it took me until this week to get through the entire fucking record. I was going to say, I think to side three right now, this feels like we're in the slogs of it. No, we aren't. This is like track. Oh, yeah, it's waiting room. Yeah, that's, that's track 13. Interesting. Sorry. I was a little, little mad when I saw it was called Waiting Room. I was really hoping Fugazi's yeah, yeah. Waiting Room was a cover of this, but no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> this was when I, that was when I was like, this fucking album. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. yeah. So on the Wikipedia page, they have a, a, a plot summary of this. What? So... Yeah. So this is a story. Did your uh, eyes yeah, also yeah. cross when you were reading it? Yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 bonkers. It's, it's the craziest story. Hold up, it what? can't be crazier than Ogden's nut gone flame. Oh yeah, where I'm like, I love oh, yeah, the it is. It's crazy. It's crazier than uh, a, a SF sorrow All right. dish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us everything. What I really like though is is uh, Peter Gabriel's got. 90 minutes at least of lyrics to tell the story and he felt that the story was not covered enough so also the entire story is written out in the inserts uh, fuck you Gabriel <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you want me to just kind of hit some highlights of what happens in the story yeah would that would that help sure yeah. dramatically yeah. though uh so Rael from Israel uh, is like really? where, his, where his name good, obviously good comes uh, he's out. like a New York City tough he sees a lot, literal lamb lying down on Broadway. It's not a metaphor. No. He sees a lamb walk Has up a profound and effect on him. On uh, he sees a dark cloud take shape uh, of a movie screen, slowly moves towards it, absorbs him. He falls asleep in a cave, finds himself trapped in a cage uh, with stalactites, stalagmites. They slowly close towards him. He sees a. His brother John calls out. John walks away. He, now he finds himself on the floor in a factory. Um, or they're using people as packages or like packaging people or something. Yep. Packaging people. <laughs> a dream where his hairy heart is removed and shaved with a razor. So hairy heart, also not a metaphor. His That's first on. sexual encounter. Uh, then he enters a chamber uh, with 32 doors surrounded by people unable to concentrate. He finds a blind woman. It it gets it just this, keeps uh, going from oh, there. It gets weirder like from there. Encounters a death. He ends up he, in he, a pool with three llama, beautiful snake-like creatures, and has sex with them. Ooh, okay. But then, but they die after drinking some of his blood. Uh huh. Oh, I hate when that <laughs> and happens. then he becomes since he had sex with the lamia, he becomes a slipper person. Yep. And oh. that's like calling it the slipper man. Like a shoe or and, like a... Well, no, they're like covered in like growths and they're disfigured and they've got like dicks everywhere. Yep. They wear them <laughs> around their, around like their necks. And then the he runs into his like brother John people. again, you know, from before. And he's also a slipper man. And they find out that the way to stop being a slipper man is to cut off their dicks, but then they keep them in a jar around yep. their neck. Yep. But then like he, like he loses his and it falls down a crack. There's some Freudian shit going on. Yeah, huh. All of this sounds like you could preface it so easily with like, man, I had this dream last night. Yeah. Or yeah. 
Or and, and I'm bored already. Your weird D and D campaign that you let you're like <laughs> also they, true. Your friend's <laughs> like, I'm gonna homebrew it, and you're like, I don't know about that. And then he does, and this is what it becomes. I yeah. recommend uh, you Google a picture of Peter Gabriel in his Slipperman costume. Yes, it's, it's like a big. Uh, how would you describe it? Like a pussy. Yeah, just head blobby. That's head. huge. And but it doesn't look like you could sing at, oh, or no. play any instrument. It looks no. like it's just a weird well, there's just like mascot. Whoa. And there's just like some dicks hanging off it. It looks yep. like he's covered. It looks like he's like both a Mayan, not Mayan, Aztec god, but also covered in balloons. Actually, yeah. it looks really cool. I would probably, if I lived in the 70s, be into that. I've okay. seen Guar. I get it. Yeah. Oh, get yeah. It. yeah exactly. <laughs> tell you what, like, say, what, say what we're going to about this album. I would absolutely go to the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah if I heard the, the such whole, a crazy hey, story, I'd be like, yeah, man. The whole let's, album let's show? Yeah, because that's how they would do it. Oh. Even though it was like brand new and no one knew the songs. Like, if you're coming to Genesis, we are playing The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway start to finish. And if we encore, we'll play a few familiar songs for you. But they did like a whole show show. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, that's real. Okay. He, he has costume changes. I kind of don't hate this album as much anymore, (laughs) (laughs) knowing, having... Kind of, uh, it was uneven for me. I don't know. I couldn't. It's a fucking double yeah. record. I couldn't that, like penetrate like just getting into the groove of like the songs or it, it, it had this like strange effect on me that it kind of like super complex, but it was like kind of washed over me. Yes. Now we're listening to back in the NYC and this song's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple songs on here. I'm just like. Damn. But ultimately, job. This, th- this gets thrown on the pile of double records that absolutely did not need to exist. Mm-hmm. It, it, it could have been a, a fucking super tight, tight, yeah, tight, yeah. tight single. Mm-hmm. You know that Eno's hanging out around here in a couple songs? I kind of figured. Yeah. You can S- smell S- some Eno. I, I can smell yeah, some what, what was it? They called it something. He was credited as like. <laughs> With like Edoisms or or like for his contribution. Yeah, he starts just going by like as a as a character as Eno. Like Eno. Uh, uh, John John Kale just like if Eno's on something, it's like Eno. Yeah, yeah. Eno plays Eno, the Eno. Eno plays the Eno. Yeah. Eno Enosification. Enosification. <laughs> he does some uh, like warbly synth voice on uh, in the cage uh, and a grand parade of lifeless packaging. Yes, and he does just some like soundscaping around there. There's a lot of strange synth stuff here, like Hammond T120 organ. There's like the electro piano, harpsichord, mellotron. Wait, like, there's, does there's anyone so know stuff. anything about the the Arp- EMS synthy high fly guitar synth? No. What? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's used on Counting Out Time. Uh, 
I don't know if it's the synth farts that you hear or what, but it's it's uh, I I look I googled a picture of it and it's like a synth brain on like a stand. It looks like it came straight out of a spaceship. It's got some like nice like uh, atomic styling. You plug a guitar into it and it's got like knobs and faders on it. I don't know what all it does, but I, I saw pictures of David Gilmore playing with one and then uh, Genesis uses one of this. But I'm intrigued. I don't know hmm. what it is, but it's probably really cool. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably very expensive for what it did. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard they lost so much money on this tour. 220,000 pounds. Uh, yep. In 1975 money or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> because they went all out. It was one of the craziest live shows and they had everything. But one of the, was it the guitarist? He cut his hand. <gasps> and so some of the tenants and they couldn't play. Oh couple of the it, shows. They had to postpone it like a year. Yeah. Almost a year. And then there were some shows that got canceled due to people not being, uh, not the ticket sales not going uh-huh. well. So there were just a lot of problems on, on this tour. So when you say Peter Gabriel had to leave the yeah, band, exactly. I wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. It's kind of like, huh. <laughs> what did you guys think of, too, of some of the ambient tracks? Not like into Like Waiting Room? Yeah. I wasn't into Waiting Room. No. Or uh, I was singing "Waiting Room" to myself as yeah. I was playing. Uh, <laughs> I really, really, I was listening to it. I was like, I really wish this was just Fugazi did a cover of this, but it wasn't. I was so mad. I don't, I don't really like ambient music though. Like I'm not a, not a like I love the Yellow Magic Orchestra, and I really can't do later Ryuichi Sakamoto for that yeah. reason. It's just put me to sleep. Yeah, the waiting room came about because they were just like, we were just, they called it the evil song originally. And they were just like, they turned the lights off and got like real weird in the studio. And you can just kind of hear that just being like, what the hell is going on? Why are these guys just playing around in this studio? And apparently there's a thunderstorm and like, <laughs> yeah. there was a few like, they, I don't think, I, I couldn't hear it on the recording, but they were saying there's a few like thunderclaps like that were nicely timed while they were playing. I don't know. Cool. I, I think it sounds like they just wanted to break bottles. Like, mm-hmm. they just yeah. want to throw some bottles around, though. I don't know. It could have been cut. There's so much of this so much that could be cut. Yeah. It, you could have, they could have made something that would have been a really, like, a really badass prog album. Like, it really, like, the, the parts of it that I don't like detract from the parts I do like, yeah. unfortunately. Like, I would, like, I, when we go around and talk about, like, our ultimate thing, it's like, it really makes me want to say, like... Yes, if. Yeah. Yes, if. You know, there's a heavy butt to it, if that makes sense. It's got a big old butt on it. Yeah. It sure does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My real issue with this record is that they deny us all of 80s Genesis for this. So this is the last Genesis this is, in the book? I think this is it. We don't have any post-Peter Gabriel Genesis no, in this book. No, there, there is no That's just Phil silly. Collins Genesis in this book. That's unless, like, a new version oh. came out and they're like, oh, yeah, Invisible Touch and Abacab rule. Which is so funny because I don't know. I don't know anything about what 80s. I don't even know what a popular 80s Genesis song would be. because Invisible I, Touch, Invisible dude. Touch. I don't know you what know that it. song sounds you like. You do. You do. No, I, yeah. I mean, maybe I do. I don't know. I, like, honestly thought, like, Come Sail Away was a Genesis song. That sticks, but... It, you're in the right. You're, you're close. You're, yeah. you're close. I maybe. kissing cousins. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This I is just, it. Yeah. And so, as we've discussed before, like our collective, like old people thing, like 
80s Genesis was Genesis. It was we, when, always when in we, my ears. When we grew up, 80s Genesis ruled the world. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. I, not to not to harp on 80s Genesis because I clearly don't have that shared narrative, but that's a problem I have with this book. And, and, and I've only been part of this project for a short amount of time, but it is something that to me is a little frustrating about this book because I, I like look ahead online at like what's coming up because I'm just, I'm just curious what he has in there because some of the stuff is a little hard to listen to. I, I like don't, We'll talk later about another one, but some of it I'm just like, what the, why did yeah. you put this in here, but you didn't put something else that to me is actually like really cool. And I mean, I think it, it's m- most striking because you can talk all day about sort of apples to oranges in in a context, but I think it is more striking when it's one artist uh, uh, later in their career when it's more thought of, mm-hmm. uh, of this, be- like mm-hmm. better albums. It's like or- if there wasn't any... Brian Johnson era ACDC. Yeah. 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 There would be, yeah, there's just certain issues. Or if they didn't include, you know, later Beach Boys or later Beatles or whatever. Stamos Beach Boys. The best Beach Boys. Of course. Seeing Stamos Beach Boys tomorrow, y'all. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) I I hope he has two tambourines. (laughs) I hope he has one in each hand. I think think one of my big problems I have with this book is he... And I know that, like, I'm getting off topic with, like, not talking about the album, but talking about the book. Like, a problem I have with this book is he seems to really have, to me at least later when you get to the 80s and the 90s, he has a prejudice against, like, pop music, you know? He really has a prejudice against something that I feel like... Pop music? Like, maybe not pop... I don't know what the actual right term for it is to me, because to me, anything that, like, a really... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Not like, pot, pot, pop. 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 I'm sorry. That's it's pop. pop. I'm sorry. It is my accent. Um, but something that like to I guess maybe the term would be like something that is super super fucking popular. Yeah. That that but, is not necessarily like the artistic being. Yeah. You know, like he really has a prejudice against that because to me, I feel like something that is a worldwide phenomenon should be in this book. Something like Britney like, Spears. Like the should Macarena. Be in, no, not the fucking mockery. Was that not a worldwide phenomenon? I don't know if you necessarily need to listen to it. Did it have an album? But something, I'm sure it did. something like like a boy band or something like that to me, I think renders merit in terms of like listening to it in terms of why was this so popular. That's where I disagree with you because we'll get to the Jackson Five and that was the original. Oh, we already did the Beatles. That was the original boy band. So like that, we, we, like we've already say. done this. And it, it gets keeps getting regurgitated over and over again. I on down. I um, think there's one point I can make about that though, and it's, uh, and I'm not trying to defend it at all because I do agree that there is a le- there's more of an emphasis on like rock music and mm-hmm. even like English rock music for sure. I'm it's okay weird. with. I mean, I'm okay with that, but uh, I love English music. So, but if you're thinking of albums as holes, as as like encompassing like the artist's yeah. like vision or something like that pop music lends itself to singles it just does that's that's and, a fair and it assessment. is like one element to say like this album selling england or sorry selling england, the what well, lies down on broadway is like this is a conceptual album that yeah maybe it doesn't have a lot of singles but it has this like concept and they're really stretching themselves and like it's peter gabriel and Phil Collins and everybody kind of like doing this 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 real strong performance.
Of that, what were the two shitty songs they picked for singles off this record? Um, don't make they don't make any. Oh, fucking it, it sense. was it was uh, counting up time, <laughs> and uh, uh, Willie and the Hand Drive, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that crazy uh, hand drive. It was, it was the Carpet Crawlers. Uh, I like Carpet Crawlers. Yeah, but yeah, those aren't fine. singles. The like, if there's a single on this album, it's probably Counting Up Time. It's the one with the hook. And also, it's got the part where he goes... The one where he's talking about jerking off. Zip, zip, whoopee! (laughs) (laughs) There is one more thing, though. uh, Gabriel did say, and they were considering releasing the album as two two albums, like two single albums released six months apart. Use your illusions one and two. But Gabriel later thought the idea would have been... Or sorry, he he thought it would be more suitable, but then they were like, because it it contained too much new material. Mm. They were like, I don't think people will be able to process... This is a double album, but and he couldn't leave uh, like the listening public with that cliffhanger of oh, yeah. like what what's Ryle gonna do in the chamber of thirty two doors? Like, <laughs> how's he gonna get out of this pickle? Yeah, I mean, is he gonna have to put his dick in a jar? Who knows? Thirty years later, the Wachowski sisters did this with Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions, and look what happened, everyone. They both ruled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what do you think about this? Again, musically. And I I agree with Phil Collins on this. That, that this is like probably the best music they ever wrote. Like as far as just like band playing, like everyone is just tight as hell. But lyrically, it sucks so fucking bad, <laughs> and I can't forgive it. I gotta go. I gotta go negative. Honestly. Negative. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I gotta neg this. Wow. Not even neutral. No. It. Wow. Given that I don't get what I want in the 1980s, and they picked <laughs> this thing where Peter Gabriel was literally like, "Guys, I don't want to write anything. I'm over here doing Broadway stuff now." And they're like, "Please, Peter, come back and write yeah. all of your lyrics, please." And then he comes back. He's like, "Okay, so I wrote some lyrics, but I also wrote too many lyrics, so you need to write more music." <laughs> What's happening? Write some some lyrics. No! Write some lyrics. Okay, here's too many. (laughs) (laughs) You want lyrics? I have brought you... No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, no, no. Get out of here. Get get out of here. Go listen to Abacab. Okay. Listen to Invisible Touch or Abacab. Both. Yeah. Why not? Speaking of Invisible Touch, uh, you know what what Carrie used to think that the lyrics to the hook in Invisible Touch were, right? I want to hear it again. She sees a hat and she picks it up. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. I don't know what this song sounds like, but we're gonna listen to it in a second. Yes. <laughs> I have the same issues with this album yeah. as as y'all. It's too long. Uh, it's for being as long as it is. It, it's real. It's dense and it just becomes a quagmire around side three. That being said. There's some really cool, interesting musical parts that gives it a lot of merit. The lyrics are goofy, but I do appreciate that Peter Gabriel likes to be the weirdo. You know, I, yeah. I, I do like that about him. I would absolutely see this show live. I will probably never listen to this album again. I'm going to give it a neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, a neutral because I will probably never listen to this album again. I uh, personally, like, I don't want to sound dramatic, but it's true. I felt, like, betrayed by this album because <laughs> it's true. Because, <laughs> you know, I heard the first song, I'm like, 
wow, so cool. Oh, the next song. Oh, so cool. And like the like five songs in, wow, so cool. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh. And it took me like literally two weeks to listen to this whole ass album. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give it a neutral because I, what's weak about it severely detracts from what I really liked about it. Because The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway back in NYC, Lily White Lilith would be so cool if I didn't have to fucking deal with so much ambient music in the middle of it. But I, yeah, I don't think you need to listen to this album before you die. I'm sorry. Yeah. Unless no. you just love prog rock. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much on the same, same bow. I do like some of the ambient breaks because it is a bit dense. And so at least the ravine and some of those others it's like a cool thurman that just gives you a little bit of a break of like the big prog ideas and everything i i figured out too what my ideas about prog were better by listening to this album and i really uh, gravitate a lot more t- towards the like rock side of prog with like a capital r so like yes and um like Rush and those other like proggy things where it's like we're a rock band, but we we dabble in prog um, some more than others. And Genesis, I felt like cool concept, but they also bring in a lot of these like pop elements. It's a bit more uh, or or just elements that I find not as engaging because it's it's like they're singing beautifully. It's, it's got more of- melodic. Um, but there are really cool songs in here where I'm like, uh, like a was a return to NYC or back in NYC. Yeah. And I mean, that's like that's some more hard rock. And that's the I figured out that those are the songs that I'm like, I'm gravitating towards. It's the ones that don't it doesn't have such a nice tone. It, it's a little more gr- gruff mm-hmm. or something like that. So I, I thought that was cool. Um, so I'll go neutral just because I I didn't just dis- like I don't outright hate. And usually if I just don't outright hate it, I just um kind of there. Join me. No. <laughs> Not for this one. Fine. Thanks. I didn't so. mention though that he oh. went to he went to hang out with uh William Freakin. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. The director of uh Sorcerer, yes. The Exorcist, Bug, like all sorts of wild. Is that, really? is that what he, he was doing bug? when he when he wasn't hanging out with Genesis? At, uh, at Headley Grange, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he went over... They were hanging out at Headley Grange. Apparently the band that was using it before them, like, shit on the ground, shit on the floor, and there were rats and stuff. It was probably oh, not Led Zeppelin. Oh. I think Led Zeppelin took care of that place. No, they said it was Zeppelin. Uh, was it uh, the Pretty Young Things? And there was, like, one more. Who was it? I read it, though. I like that. Like, so it was probably... Like, 67 or 68 when, when we were reading about how... Uh, yeah. Like Page and Plant went to Headley Grange, and it was like just, just like nice, like repose from city life. Just this beautiful. They they painted the picture of like this like beautiful country home or whatever, and and, and then fast forward like three years. Oh yeah, Genesis showed up, and just like a it's it's just a party hole <laughs> covered in rats and human feces. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, I guess the lamb really did lie down on Broadway. <laughs> oh, uh, Phil Spector also, or not Phil Spector, Phil Collins, uh, also uh, mentioned that the tour for this with all of like the crazy plop props and the prop malfunctions, 
uh, he he's pretty sure that it was some inspiration for Spinal Tap. Oh right, yeah, <laughs> oh my amazing. God. Yeah, that's all. Like actually, when you're describing the stage show to me, all I could think about was Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he wrote inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also the cover was by uh, Hip Hip. Oh, Hip Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Hip Gnosis. Yeah, mm. Hypnosis. Who did a. Uh, Pink Floyd and did, uh, they've ele- done a, Electric Warrior, a ton of uh, these uh, albums. And uh, Genesis debuted a new logo. The ones before this was more oh. kind of like roly poly early prog, and this one was more just like Art Deco streamlined clean prog. Can't wait to not get to eighties Genesis. <sighs> Such a fucking shame. All right, next time we'll be talking about Shuggy Otis inspiration information. Mm-hmm. Thanks, y'all. Putting fear beside him, he trusts in beauty blind. He slips into the nectar, leaving his shredded clothes behind. With their tongues, they test, taste, and judge all that is mine. They move in a series of caresses that glide up and down my spine. They nibble the fruit of my flesh I feel no pain Only a magic That a name would stain With the first drop of my blood in their veins Their faces are convulsed in mortal pains The fairest cries We all have loved you